Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. Lord, you I'm starting a new subject on the dynamics of spiritual warfare. The book of 1 Peter 5, verse 8 says that, Be sober and be what? Vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, is moving to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Look at verse 9. It says that everybody who is a child of God is going through the same contention. That means that anybody who is born again has one experience, and that experience is what? Contentions with Satan. Verse 8 says, your adversary. The word adversary means enemy. It means somebody who seeks to attack you and want to destroy your life. You know, the scripture says, your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, this scripture is suggesting to us that if you become a child of God, you have one enemy, who is the devil. And as much as you have an enemy, he seeks to look for people to destroy. That means every day, every time, you are faced with that experience, constant battles, back and forth contentions with your adversary, the devil. Now, it means that being saved puts you in a lifetime warfare. Being born again puts you in a lifetime warfare. It is not something you invite. It's not something you bargain for. Even if you don't like it, you don't agree with it, once the day you gave your life to Jesus, you have an enemy called the devil. And he hates you. And he likes to fight you. And if you have his way, he wants to destroy your life. Not only destroy love, destroy everything around you. Destroy your children. Destroy your marriage. Destroy your business. Destroy your finances. Destroy your health. You know, so Jesus put it in another way. He said, John chapter 10, verse 10. He said that the thief does not come but to steal and to kill and to destroy. The thief does not come but to steal and to kill and to destroy. And so when you become a child of God, you must be aware, you must be conscious of the reality of a warfare that you are in. Day and night, when you wake up, you are at war. When you sleep, you are at war. That's why sometimes you, you sleep in the night and your sleep won't just be good enough for you to rest. You realize you are battling things, you are fighting, because it's a lifetime, constant warfare, warfare that never ceases. The day you cease is the day you die. There is a warfare going on. And children of God must become aware and understand this and know how to still enjoy life, fulfill destiny, and be all that God wants you to be despite the realities of this warfare. Many people try to deny the reality of a warfare. You know, many people try to find ways to hide from the devil. You can never hide from the devil. Nothing can make you hide from Satan. 
You just have to know how to deal with him from scripture. Hallelujah. But the Bible makes us understand that the enemy that is fighting us is not a physical person. He's a spiritual person. Satan is not a physical person. Satan is a spirit. The devil is a spirit. So the warfare that we are in is not physical. It's spiritual. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Though we walk in the flesh, in other words, though we are physical, our warfare is not physical. We are flesh and blood. We are human beings. But we are fighting a spiritual fight. Verse 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. In other words, they are not physical. But they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So there is a fight going on. Everybody right now, there's a fight you are involved in. Whether you like it or not. Whether you are aware of it or not. Is it me? I'm a man of peace. You know, <laughs> one day David summarized his whole life like this. He said, I am for peace. But when I speak, they are for war. <laughs> but that is life. Life is war. It's a fight. But it's not physical. It's not fighting against people. Everywhere you reach, you are ready to fight. Fight against co-tenants, fight against colleagues at work, fight against church members, fight everywhere. Even if you enter throat, throat, you fight before you get down. <laughs> That's not what the Bible is talking about. <laughs> there is a spiritual fight. It's a spiritual fight. There is a war going on, but it's, it's spiritual. We see the effects physically, but the reality is spiritual. We see the effects. Effects like sickness. Effects like financial challenges. Effects like crisis in the business. Effects like children are going wayward. Effects like marriage crisis. Effects like conspiracies at work. You haven't done anything wrong. They just look at you and say, go home. Those are the effects of the spiritual battle that are real and yet we deny it all the time. The book of Ephesians 6 from verse 11, it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. This scripture is saying, as a believer, you must always dress for fight, dress for war. Put on the whole armor of God. Every day, every night, you must dress for war. Because the armor, next Sunday I'm going to show you a picture of um, what, he, what Paul was talking about, was giving a, a description of um, the, the Roman soldiers, how they dress. Because that was the, the soldiers in his time when he was writing the inspired scripture. If he was writing today, I'm sure he would have used different terminologies. But Paul was writing within a particular historical context. And at that time, soldiers look a particular way. Yeah. 
and they wear this armor only when they are going to fight. Paul said, you wear it every day because you are fighting every day. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to what? Stand against the wiles of the devil. That means if you don't put on the whole armor of God, you cannot be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Praise to God. But the word wiles there, it means streaks. It means schemes. Maybe we should look at this in the Amplified. Okay? It said, put on the full armor of God for his precepts are like the splendid armor of a heavily armed soldier. I like that. Heavily armed soldier. That means ready for a fight. So that you may be able to successfully stand up against all the schemes and strategies and deceits of the devil. Schemes, strategies, deceits. Last year, July, I talked talk about witchcraft, and I said witchcraft is the operation of high-level schemes and cunning manipulations. Satan is a master schemer. That is why only smart people defeat him. He's a master schemer. Put on the whole armor of God. Now, when the Bible says put on the whole armor of God, it suggests that the fact that you are born again does not mean you are putting on the armor. Salvation does not put on you automatically the armor of God. So you can be a believer and not put on the armor. Paul was telling believers, the Ephesian church, put on the whole armor of God. It means they had not yet put it on. So the fact that you are born again does not mean you are going to be winning the fight. There are many, many believers that are losing the fight against Satan every day because of this. He said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand, be able to stand against all the wiles or the schemes or the strategies and the deceits of Satan. Verse 12 says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. That means we are not fighting against physical people. Stop making human beings your enemy. Stop making human beings your focus every day. Every day. What are they saying about me again? What are they planning again? What are they trying to do again? No, that's not where the battle is. The battle is not with people. Most of the people who fight you, there is somebody behind them remotely manipulating them to fight you. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So we are in a fight from different angles, principalities, powers, 
rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual wickedness in high places. So Satan is a very strategic fighter. He's fighting you from four different places. And he always wants to gain advantage over you, to outwit you, to overpower you, to defeat you. And that is what he's doing. Verse 13. He said, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. You see, in a fight, or maybe let's say in a wrestle, in a wrestling match, it is only the winner who stands. The loser is on the ground at the end of the fight. The Bible is saying, having done all, you must stand. That means you must come out from that battle still standing. Satan wants to put your back on the ground and keep you on the ground and defeat you. The Bible describes our fight with Satan as a wrestle. You know, when you watch a wrestling match, wrestling match is um, a very, very interesting one. Number one, there are no rules. There's nothing like below the belt. Every place is... Is, is within the belt. There are no rules. The only goal of everyone is to put your enemy down. That is how our fight with Satan is. It's like a wrestle. And when you watch a wrestling match, you see how interesting it gets. Sometimes you thought, oh, this guy is finished. You thought, oh, this guy has won. And then the next minute he's on the ground. It's not a fight for everybody. It's a fight for tough people, strong people, strong first in the mind. Number two, strategic people. That's why sometimes a wrestler, he sees this big guy, he says, oh, he has already won before he started, before he realized he's on the ground. Because in a wrestling match, physical strength alone does not achieve everything. Hallelujah. Physical strength alone does not achieve everything. You have to be very strategic you have to be very strategic in how you do the fight. And the Bible said that we are wrestling against Satan and all his strategic angles of battle. I declare over your life that you will win the fight. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Somebody say, I will win the fight. Win the fight. Somebody say, I've already won the fight. Somebody say, I am, a I am a winner. All right. Now, in every fight, the key to victory is strength. The key to victory in every fight is what? Strength. That's why restless, they spend a lot of time in the gym. They build up strength. Because if you are not strong, when they hit you once, you fall and you collapse and the, and the fight is over. So in the book of Ephesians 6, verse 10, Apostle Paul opened the subject of spiritual warfare this way. Ephesians 6, 10, he said, Therefore, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. He said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord. Because if you are not strong, you've already lost. If you are not strong, you have already lost the battle. 
He said, be strong in the Lord. That every believer must understand the importance of what it means to be a strong Christian. Yeah. Be strong in the Lord. So strength is very, very important. Proverbs 24 verse 10 says something very interesting. Proverbs 24 10. It says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. This scripture also says that, this scripture also implies that if your strength is small, you will always fail or fall or faint in the day of adversity. The day of adversity simply means the day of battle. Every one of us, there are days when battles confront us. There are days of extreme demonic attack. Every one of you here, you hear me well. Satan has a day, he has targeted you. Hello? It is called a day of adversity. There are times and seasons in your life when it looks like Satan has just decided to forget about everybody and focus on you alone. Hello? Yeah, he will attack you from every angle. You come against your marriage, at the same time he's, he's attacking your children, he's attacking your job, he's attacking your business, your finance, everything. And you wake up and you don't know which of the issues, you know, like an advert I watched where somebody went to work in his boxer shorts, wearing jacket and carrying his suitcase. Like, life can be terrible. Because you don't know which of the issues to tackle. Um, Ephesians 6, 13. Uh, 13, yes. We just, we just read it, but let me show you something there again. Let me show you something there again. It said, therefore, do what? Uh-huh. You, you may be able to withstand when? In the evil day. Somebody say evil day. So there is a day called the evil day. That is why spiritual warfare cannot be outsourced. Oh, me, I'm not good at prayer and fasting. In fact, when it comes to all night, you know, I don't have the grace for it. So I, I, will, I will give people money to pray for me. Look, there's a day, even pastor is not available. Amen? Because pastor himself is battling some things. Uh, if you put all your trust in pastor. Do you know what happened to the disciples the day Jesus was arrested? They all ran away. Do you know why? Because Jesus was their everything. And the person was their everything is under arrest, is in handcuffs, and they are whipping him and beating him. And they said, oh, if, if the superman is being beaten like this, then, oh yeah, let me go home. They asked Peter, are you one of them? He said, me, that guy, I don't know him. I've never seen him since I was born. Yeah, yeah, hallelujah. So that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. In the book of Ecclesiastes, Verse, chapter 9, verse 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 12. I want us to look at it. It said, for man also does not know his time. Is it true or not? I said, is it true or not? 
You cannot always be 100% accurate in your prediction, so. I tell you. Especially when it comes to crisis, you can never be accurate. Satan will hit you at the time you least expect. You know, Peter, just a few hours earlier, he told Jesus, he said, me, I will die for you. I will die for you. Then Jesus said, no, before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. Jesus said, that's a lie. Jesus, he said, Jesus, for once, you've, you've missed it. <laughs> you know what? Peter was so confident because he didn't know what was coming. Sometimes you must know how to be confident and cautious at the same time. If you are not cautious, you can become overconfident. Look, confidence is good. You need it. But when you become overconfident, it means you have thrown away every caution and you have started thinking like a superman. You are not a superman. A superman does not exist in our real world. It exists only in a movie. Hello? Superman is only an actor. He's an actor in a movie. For man also does not know his time. Like fish. It doesn't mean you are a fish. It says like fish. <laughs> Hallelujah. Like fish taken in a cruel net. Like birds caught in a snare. The word snare means trap. So the sons of men are hot. Snared when? In an evil time. When it falls, how? Suddenly upon them. Hmm, there's, a, there's something about the called sudden destruction. You will survive every crisis. Amen. I said you will survive every crisis. Amen. In the name of Jesus, Amen. you will survive, you will survive, you will survive. After, after it all, you will come out better and stronger. Amen. Look, there are crisis moments for everybody. Every marriage will go through a crisis. Every business will go through a crisis. If you see a business organization that is 50 years old, 20 years old, they have survived things. So don't have a two-year-old business and be talking too much. If you see somebody's marriage 20 years, 25 years, 30 years, you have no idea what they have survived. 30-year-old marriage doesn't, didn't, doesn't just happen. Hello? Yeah. So if you have crisis two years in marriage, stay in, stay on. Don't start planning to run away. Where are you running to? You just started. Amen? That's why I believe married couples should be very honest to people. Sometimes we make marriage difficult for young people because we don't tell them the truth. For instance, if you tell people, since I'm married for 20 years, I've never quarreled with my wife before. Then the day somebody's quarrel in two years of marriage, he thinks his marriage is very bad. Praise the Lord. So what you should talk to people, I think I'm digressing, isn't it? But I think to help somebody, especially the way I'm looking at the people here. <laughs> what you should, you see, when you, when you talk with people, for instance, you are admiring somebody's 30 years marriage. Ask him, how was it two years? 
How was it year five? How was it year six? Are you hearing me? Don't just say, oh, I wish, oh, oh, you know. You want to jump from year one to 30. (laughs) It doesn't happen that way. Amen? Amen? Amen. Yeah. If you see somebody who is rich, don't make them easy to think he was born that way. Find out how he got there. Evil time happens upon them suddenly. So there are evil times. This is not meant to, this is not a teaching to frighten people. The truth is, even if I don't tell you, it is real. I better tell you and teach you how to survive it. Amen? Amen. Yeah, and teach you how to survive it. Evil times. Having done all to stand, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And the Bible said, the only way to withstand in the evil day is, is what? Proverbs 24, 10, that it said, you must have strength. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. So your strength must be great. You must have strength. Everybody say strength. But you see, you see, Paul described what kind of strength he's talking about. So let me explain that and we'll begin to pray. Amen? What kind of strength was Paul talking about? Ephesians 6.10, he said, be strong in the Lord. Strength for victory in battle is in the Lord, not in yourself or in others, in other people. The strength that you need for spiritual warfare, you don't derive it from yourself from other people or anything that you have. Qualifications, connections, that, those things don't play in spiritual warfare. It's good to be connected. They have their place in life. It's good to have qualifications. They have their place in life. But when it comes to spiritual warfare, strong in the Lord. What does it mean to be strong in the Lord? It means that your strength must be derived from your reliance on God. Your, friend, your strength should be derived from where? Your reliance on God. Your total dependence on God. Not dependence on yourself. Now, people who are self-dependent are overconfident. They are the, they are the ones that are overconfident. Overconfidence is you are de- depending on your own personal strength. And the Bible says something about our own personal strength. It said, by strength shall no man prevail. Your own human strength will fail along the line. That is what happened to Peter. You see, when Jesus told Peter, I think I need to, sh- I need to, show, you this. I need to show you this scripture. Um, Luke 22, it wasn't part of my sin, but I think I can find it. Luke 22, verse um, 26. Give me 26. Luke 22. 35, 35. Luke 22, verse 35. <laughs> it's not part of my outline, so, but it will really help to clarify my point. Okay, 30, 31, 31, 31. Luke 22, 31. And the Lord said, now look, look at what Jesus told Peter. <laughs> he said what? Simon, Simon, 
Indeed, Satan has asked of you that he may sift you like wheat. <laughs> Is that not interesting? Now, all the other accounts of the Gospels did not mention this one. They only talk about how Jesus said, you deny me three times. But before Jesus said, you deny me three times, this is actually what Jesus told Peter. In other words, the thing was demonic. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. It says, Satan has what? Acts for you. Every one of you, there comes a time, Satan takes interest in your life. Because there's something great about your life. Maybe you may think you are nobody going about minding your own business, but hey, there are things Satan sees about your future that you can see. Satan can sense your destiny. Some of you, right from the day you are born, Satan has picked things up about you. That's why they, that's why they monitor, that's why they put, you know, major high-level demons over your life since the day you were born. And yet you are still survive up to now. That's why you must know that, you know, you know, you are already a winner. Yeah. Amen. Ah, because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. Hey, this one is serious. Hallelujah. No wonder he's the one who wrote, be sober and be vigilant because your adversary, the devil. <laughs> People don't say things by accident. They have a history. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, but look at verse 32. He said, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brothers. When you have returned to me, that means he was going to you are going to drift away. Jesus was telling him, you are going to drift away. But I've prayed that you will be restored. When you are restored, you help your, your colleagues. You know, okay. Verse 33. But he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you, both to prison and to death. Really? <laughs> Brother Peter, are you sure about this? <laughs> Brother Peter. <laughs> Do you know what is happening here? Overconfidence. Peter believed himself. And yet the next minute he was swearing, I don't know him. When you believe you have confidence in yourself and not in the Lord, when your strength is derived only from your personal abilities, you will always fail. Because you are not fighting physical battles. Are you hearing me? Yeah. For instance, when you go about saying, you know, as for me, marriage problem, I will never have it. That is overconfidence. Hmm. You don't know what you are talking about. Hallelujah. You don't know what you are talking about. <laughs> oh, marriage problem, me, I will never have. You know, when you see how good my wife is, and me, myself, the way I'm good, and people say this when they see other people going through crisis. But you see, when you see somebody married in crisis, it is a demonic thing. It's a demonic thing. In fact, if you read Matthew's account, Peter actually said that, all oh, these people can deny you, but me, I will never deny you. In other words, I was trying to say, you, you, you don't need to trust those other guys, but me, 
Tell you what, I'm there. 24-7, I'm there. In the daytime, I'm there. In the night, I'm there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Apostle Paul said, be strong in the Lord. In the Lord. Real spiritual strength is derived from complete reliance on God. Amen? Yeah. Uh, so this is what David, David said. Psalm 27 verse 1. Most of you know this scripture. He said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Then the next statement, he said, what? The Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is the strength. So David was saying that my conquest, my victories in war is not because I am personally too skillful. David was a skillful fighter. The Bible said a lot about his skills. But he was telling the people that he, the secret to his victory is that God himself is the source of his strength. Amen? That means you depend on God all the time to give you all strength. That means no matter how great the battle is, you can stand and refuse to fear. Because the strength you need to overcome that battle is not your own strength. But it is for what? The strength that comes from the Lord. Amen. Amen. You know, you know, in the book of Psalm, Psalm 18, Psalm 18:32, it is God who arms me with what? Strength and makes my way perfect. It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. 33. He makes my feet like the feet of the deer and sets me on my high places. 34. He teaches my hands to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. Praise the Lord. It is God who arms me with strength. That's David talking. Hello? So when we talk about strength for spiritual warfare, we are talking about relying on God, depending on God for his strength to operate through your life. Amen? Amen. 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 And the strength that the Bible is talking about for spiritual warfare is not physical strength. It is spiritual strength. It is what? Spiritual, spiritual strength. There's a difference between physical strength and spiritual strength. There are people who are physically strong, which is good. Physical strength is good because you need it for for diligent work. But if you are physically strong and spiritually weak, you lose all the battles spiritually. You lose all the battles spiritually. So you have to understand that there's a place for spiritual strength. Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024 Remain blessed.